The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined by my co-host, he is Zach, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Murray, and a happy new year to you, Aaron, a happy new year to all of our Punt and Pass listeners. It's January the 3rd, 2020. It's crazy to think, Murray, that we started this thing up in 2017 and we're about to go over 1 million downloads, so I'm fired up. What a great season it was, and we have an amazing national championship game hanging in the balance. Also going to recap Georgia's Sugar Bowl victory from Wednesday night, 26-14, to 14, over Baylor. We're going to make this episode quick. We're going to keep it short, give you everything that you need to know to get you ready for the national championship and to talk about everything going on in college football. But first, Aaron, since you're back, we've missed you. A little bit of news broke on the personal side. Tell everybody what's going on inside the Murray household. So, well, first of all, Happy New Year to you and all of our listeners. But we are going to be popping out future QB1 at UGA here this summer. So, awesome, uh, really excited. Yeah, I got a little baby boy on the way due probably about mid-June, which is absolutely perfect timing because uh, I'm about to start this new XFL season. I actually fly out this Saturday for practice. And we get cranking. First game is in, in February, uh, February 9th, first game. And then we'll run until about middle of April. So that's kind of my dead time. Uh, once again, I was supposed to play golf, but now I got to get ready <laughs> to build some cribs and uh, play daddy daycare. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really excited. And Sharon's excited. And uh, we're getting old, man. Now we're pop, we're getting married and popping out kids. That's so awesome. We're catching dude. up to you. Congratulations. We're so thrilled for you and for Sharon, obviously. Do we have a name yet? Do we have a name for the baby boy? Maddox. Maddox Murray. Excellent. Awesome. Maddox man. Robert Murray. And the only rule that I have is that if Maddox gets married to Bridget or my future daughter, that you have to pay for the wedding. It's as simple Definitely as that. Definitely not happening. <laughs> yeah, that. We all, you drew your role in the money. You're taking care of it. We're that traditional over happy. here, though. We'll take care of the uh, the rehearsal dinner. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, welcome back, Aaron. That's such great news. Happy New Year to everyone once again. Let's recap the Sugar Bowl real quick. The Rose Bowl was actually pretty good as well. Uh, Florida wins the Orange Bowl, holding off Virginia. Bryce Perkins in Virginia kept it pretty tight there. And then Florida was able to get away towards the end. Sugar Bowl. Georgia facing a lot of attrition heading into the game. Aaron, I'm just going to tell you right now, you missed out on Monday's podcast because I got on here and said I think Georgia's going to win by two touchdowns. 
It was a bit of a contrarian thought process, but I really liked the messaging that Kirby Smart was giving to the media and that I assumed he was giving to his team. It had seemed like Aaron. He told everybody, look, if you don't want to play in this game, then just tell me right now because we're not going to waste our time, and I don't want you to embarrass this program like what happened last year in the Sugar Bowl. Tons of young guys got a lot of opportunity to get valuable reps in practice and then experience Wednesday night during game time. And, man, it showed off, and that defense is legit, Murray. Oh, my goodness. The defense is incredible. They're young. They're fast. They're physical. I love the ability to change in and out of personnel groups at third down. Uh, being able to get a little bit exotic with three down pressures, four down pressures, dropping a, they just, they, they, they do it all. So as a quarterback preparing for UGA and their defense, it's tough to really get a beat. It's tough to get a, a good feel about what, it, what are, what am I going to see on third down um, and what's going to happen? So I think, like I said, I think they've done a great job all season long, mixing it up, confusing the opposing offense and, and just going out there and dominating, playing fast and physical. And I saw the guys last night, Sean McDonough, our buddy and, um, and those guys said it best. There's a, there's a bunch of no name guys yeah. on that Georgia defense, but they play so well together. They're in the right spot. They listen to their coaching and they just go out there and just play football uh, and have fun doing it. So this defense, they're young, they're hungry. And I, and I just think they're going to continue getting better and better. And right now they're the best defense in the sec. And I think they're going to be the best defense in the sec for a long time. The way they're recruiting, the way that Kirby develops outside the football. I mean, going back to, his time in Alabama, he is a stud at getting those guys to play great team football on that side. So it was great to see, um, and it was great to see Jake Fromm and, and getting some of those receivers involved, playing well, uh, some of the young running backs and offensive linemen getting a shot. And, and you look at it, I mean, LSU whooped up on Oklahoma, and then now Georgia whooped up on Baylor. And the SEC in total right now, besides really Auburn's loss um, to Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, of Auburn's loss to Minnesota, the SEC has just been straight dominating. And, and, and obviously if they go in there and win the national championship game, if Tennessee takes care of business, I mean, that's a lot of good stuff going on with the SEC. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Georgia's future looks bright. Think about this. I mean, this is the first time in two seasons where Georgia's year has not ended in a loss. I, I think that's pretty legitimate for them having the right attitude in the offseason and then to take into 2020. They lost that heartbreaker in the national championship game two years ago and then got their asses kicked by Texas last year in the Sugar Bowl. I also like what Dan Lanning said, Aaron, in his post-game press conference because I think some of the reporters were asking him what McDonough said on air about them being a no-name defense. He said, that's not true. You guys need to learn their names. We've got some ballers on the defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball, and I totally agreed with him. Um, looked like Baylor was totally outclassed, outcoached, out-executed, and that's what it took. So great for Georgia. Great for Georgia. And we have, Aaron, an amazing national championship game that we need to talk about. It almost, hey, when Georgia got their ass beat by LSU 37-10, to 10, you look at what LSU did to Oklahoma, and you sit there and go, hey, maybe Georgia's not as bad as we had thought because LSU looks completely unstoppable and Clemson looks unshakable. Two undefeated teams, number one versus number three. The Clemson-Ohio State game was great. I broke that down on Monday's podcast. But, dude, I am fired up for the national championship. Do you think that this game is going to be as exciting as advertised? Oh, I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. I think you have – Right now, uh, the best defense or top two or three defense in the country in, in Clemson, uh, you throw them up there with Georgia, you throw them up there with uh, with Ohio State, some of the top guys. I mean, they're just 
they're loaded all over the place. They play such great defense as well. Fast, physical. They mix it up with their fronts and coverages so, so well. Um, and they got length on that side. And then you talk about LSU. I mean, no one has been able to stop Joe Burrow. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. I know Oklahoma's defense is nothing special, but still week in and week out, those guys have dominated every single opponent that they've gone against. I mean, look at what they did to Georgia in that defense. Yeah. I mean, they made them look silly. So uh, I don't know. I mean, two weeks ago, I was saying um, that either the winner of Clemson or Ohio State, those are the best two teams in the country. The winner of that game is going to win the national championship. I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I've been sipping the Burrow Kool-Aid since probably week two of the season. No question. I, I, I think, I think LSU takes care of business. I think their defense has finally woken up on that side of the football. I mean, they're playing great. The, the defensive backs are making plays. Uh, they're getting after the quarterback. They're finally looking like the LSU defense that we're accustomed to seeing. So now the, the difference isn't that drastic when it comes to Clemson's defense versus LSU's defense. Uh, but I do think there is a difference between LSU's offense versus Clemson's offense. I think LSU's offense with Joe Burrow right now is just playing at a completely different level with those receivers. Obviously, Jefferson balling out. The rest of those guys, Clyde Edwards should be healthy. Knock on wood, his hamstring should be ready to go for this game. That brings another dynamic to that offense where, where I think Clemson's is good, uh, but it did worry me a little bit versus Ohio State. Those receivers were a little bit non-existent. Um, Travis Etienne could not get it done on the ground. Uh, obviously, he did a great job catching the ball in the backfield. I just think right now, LSU's offense is just hitting on all cylinders, and, and Clemson's playing really well, just not to that level. Yeah, they better not start slow, Clemson being like they did against Ohio State, because if you let LSU get up 21 nothing and they can score with ease, because they will not kick field goals in the red zone. You know that. Yep. LSU's red zone offense is phenomenal. Clemson's red zone defense well, is good. You got to give them a lot yeah. of credit on that side of the ball as well. I think the X factor here, though, Aaron, and I've been saying his name all season long, especially with the amount of time to prepare. I mean, this is a two week lead up to the national championship game, much like a Super Bowl. You have not seen this historically in college football is Brent Venables. Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator for Clemson. You just said it. Their red zone defense is legit. Clemson's defense is very good. What were we saying last year before the national championship? Oh, my God. Alabama, Tua Tungavailoa. These guys are unstoppable. Nobody can slow them down. This offense is electric. Historically great. It's exactly the same as we're talking about LSU right now. And guess what Brent Venables and that Clemson defense did to the unstoppable Alabama offense last year? They shut them down, and Clemson beat their ass. Now, is that possible? I don't know. It surely has not seemed like a possibility throughout the entire season, but when you get into these types of matchups, Aaron, I think you can throw everything out the window. It is going to be an absolutely amazing game. I'm asking you, do you think Clemson can score with LSU? Because Oklahoma, for whatever reason, came out in the Peach Bowl and tried to throw the football and play pace with LSU, not going to happen. You need to keep Joe Burrow on the sideline. Clemson is going to have to develop the run game with Travis Etienne. You saw Trevor Lawrence using his legs to extend plays and extend drives. I don't know. What's the thought process here on Clemson's side offensively, and then do you think Venables can slow down LSU defensively? Well, I think, I think he can, but I think the red zone defense is going to be important. I mean, if you can hold LSU to field goals instead of touchdowns, I think that's going to be the key for them defensively. Maybe maybe sneak away with a turnover uh, here or there. I think the Clemson, for them offensively, it's going to be the opposite. Trevor Lawrence can't turn the ball over. I mean, he got he got away with one in that game versus Ohio State, uh, interception right through a linebacker's hands. Obviously, he had his interception issues early in the season. I mean, he's turned the corner. He's playing really, really well at the moment. 
he can't turn the ball over. You can't give LSU short field position because all of a sudden a seven point game, a turnover occurs, all of a sudden LSU puts in 14 points and then you're really reeling yep. as a football team. Uh, and I think ATN has to get going running the football. Uh, they, they just had no success last last game versus Ohio State. I know Ohio State's probably the best defense or one of the best defenses in the country. You got to get going early, run the football, allow those receivers who are big, tall guys on the outside, Higgins and those those dudes to be able to get some one-on-one matchups, which I think they can they, they might be able to take advantage of. I mean, let's not forget LSU's DBs are pretty darn good on that side of the football. So I, I don't I, Everything keeps telling me. I know you say, "Oh, look to last year's game. Look to yeah. last year's game versus Alabama." Uh, this this LSU team right now with Joe Burrow, they're just. I, I think they're just unstoppable. I really do. I just don't see anyone slowing them down. I mean, can, can they stop Clemson's def- offense? I think enough. Yes, I think it's going to be a close game. But to me, score prediction wise, I would think this game somewhere around 35-31. 35-31 LSU. I think thirty-five thirty-one LSU wins this football game. Clemson scores late to a little bit closer, but I think, like I said from the early on, like a few minutes ago, I think LSU's defense is playing a lot better, and their offense just can't be stopped. All right, I'm going to say Clemson's going to win the game, 38 to 35. It's going to be an absolute all-time classic. Should be a knockdown, dragout, heavyweight battle that everybody, every college football fan, every sports fan, will be treated to one last question before we let you go, Aaron. It's January 3rd. It's Friday. Decisions are coming out for NFL draft. I think Jake Fromm leaves. I think Tua Tungvaluwa stays. A lot of Alabama players are ending up staying, Aaron. Dude's got a broken hip. He's injury prone. He's got to prove to NFL teams that he is healthy. And I think once Tua says he's staying, Jake Fromm, see you later. I, I don't think Tua stays. I don't think I don't know where he benefits from staying. I mean, you look at next year's draft and you look at the quarterbacks coming out. Trevor Lawrence is coming out. Justin Fields is coming out. Those two guys will be selected ahead of Tua. So if I'm two, I'm like, why do I want to stay to be the third quarterback next year? Where if I leave this year, I could be the second quarterback taken, or maybe the third quarterback taken. He will be two or three after Joe Burrow be either him or Herbert in that second spot. So you're staying another year to chance of winning a national championship with all your receivers, your running back gone. Ohio state's going to be really darn good. Clemson's going to be really darn good. Um, I just don't think there's a lot of positives of staying. I mean, what is the positive? You got to get healthy, and play- man. Yeah, but I mean, he can get hurt again, though, too. Yeah. I mean, you always run the risk of getting hurt once again, and then all of a sudden, that's three straight years that you're banged up. It's the ankle two year last year. It's the, the hip this year, and then if you go next year and get hurt, then all of a sudden, okay, this kid's just hurt, 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 hurt. Yep. So I don't think that's going to help. Regardless, he's a guy that's going to get banged up. The scouts are going to know that. I don't think a, a playing an extra year of football is going to change their mind. So. Right. I think leave now. He's a first first grade, uh, first round grade. I think take the money, do your thing. You've won a national championship. You've won an SEC championship. You've broken every Alabama record. You, like I said, your receivers are gone. Najee's gone. I, there's just, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me if I'm in his shoes. So what does Fromm do? McShay has him as the fourth rated quarterback, even with Tua in that class. I think that's, I think that's a little... Um, I don't know. I think Jake still has a lot to prove uh, when it comes to arm strength and mobility a little bit right now. Love him as a leader. Love what his preparation. I love what's between his ears. I just think this year, what we saw the, the second half of the season, um, I think is going to worry some scouts. So I, I, if Jake left this year, honestly, I think he is a, a mid-round guy. I think he's maybe late third, early fourth, and could dip into the fifth round. So wow. I think he benefits coming back next year. He'll have a great offensive line. 
I know you lose your tackles, but still the way they've recruited on that side of the football, he'll be fine. You got great running backs. And now you got a bunch of receivers that are young. And I think are ready to take that next step forward. All right. Well, you heard it right there from Aaron Murray. I think he leaves. I think he leaves. And I think that it just takes one team, just takes one team for him to be in the right situation. Murray, congratulations on the baby. Thanks for solid 15 minutes. Good luck in the XFL. We'll all be watching you. If you ever get bored, just holler at me. I'll be right here, brother. Appreciate you. Be sure to follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Aaron at Aaron Murray 11 and follow me at Drew Butler 13. I will talk to you on Monday. Happy New Year. See you.